Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to be here. And woman, it's good to be here. Glad you're here. So let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 15. Book of Matthew, chapter 15. We are going to talk about the behavior of faith. The behavior of faith. And uh, <clears throat> gonna, you're gonna, we're going to see four characteristics uh, when it comes to the behavior of faith or four traits of faith They're found in a very familiar passage of Scripture, a very familiar story to many of us. But I want to start at verse 28 at the end of this story and then work our way through it. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, Mark's gospel says it a bit different. Mark chapter 7 and verse 29 says, Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. So in one place, Matthew records that he said, O woman, great is your faith, uh, be it unto you as you desire. And Mark says that Jesus said, For this saying, go your way. So it's the same story, but a different recording, different recording in Matthew than it is from Mark. And it's not, you know, whether Jesus said one or the other. He actually said both things. We just have two different recordings of it. One guy heard this and thought it was important to write this one thing, and the other guy heard another thing and thought it was important to write this thing. But I want you to see the overall, when we put it together, it was about this woman, what she believed, and about what she said. All right? about what she believed and what she said. As we all know about the spirit of faith, that it is believing and what? Speaking. Believing and speaking. So that is the activity of faith, believing and speaking. What uh, you, Your heart will believe that which you continually hear. That's why the Scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. In the Greek tense, it actually means hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And, and so your heart begins to get full of faith in the Word of God as it continually falls on your ears. You will, your life will go in the direction of that which you truly believe. Do you believe that today? All right? And what you believe is dictated by what you constantly hear and confess. Okay? So you, your voice, your voice is the greatest voice of faith in your life. You know, there have been great faith teachers and are great faith teachers uh, that have spoken into my life and I continue to learn things, but no one can exercise my faith but me. No one can exercise your faith but you. You can be given tools and some understanding and revelation, but that exercises upon you to put faith into action. All right? And, and most of that action is about what's coming out of your mouth. Amen. Now, let's back up in this story for a moment, and let's look at verse 21 of Matthew 15. And this says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Excuse me. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me. Now, I want you to notice something. This says, A woman of Canaan, which means she's like you and I. She's a Gentile woman. This is not an Israelite. All right? Uh, and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely 
demon-possessed. The King James Version says that she is grievously vexed of the devil. This isn't just a stomach virus. This girl's got problems, all right? Severely demon-possessed. Like being demon-possessed isn't severe enough. What is severely demon-possessed? I don't know. I don't ever want to see that. Verse 22, and behold, a woman, uh, but he answered, I'm sorry, 23. You're right, David, thank you. But he answered her not a word. He answered her not a word. He answered her not a word. And think about how desperate this poor little mother is. Her child is bound by the devil severely, and she comes to him, and she, she pleads her case, and she she. she she even seems to get the right words together, to say the right things about the, who he is. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus doesn't even answer her. And his disciples came in urgent saying, send her away for she cries out after us. When she saw that she couldn't get Jesus' attention, then she started talking to his disciples, please help, please help. And so then they came to Jesus and said, please help her. Do something, send her away, get her out of here. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is the way it was. Jesus' ministry, his earthly ministry, his healing ministry, his teaching ministry was exclusively for the Jews while he walked the earth. And that's why it was, it was only right then that he kept on walking. No matter how severe her situation was, no matter how desperate she was, he wasn't sent to her. He was sent to the children of Abraham. All right? Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, Great is your faith. Wow. He even said it, he said at one point, it's not good that I give you what belongs to the kids, to the children of Israel. It's not good that I take and give it to you, who, who is basically a dog. You're on the outside. You don't have a right to this. this. This is for the children of Abraham. This is for the children of Israel. All right? It's not good that I take what belongs to them and give it to you. It's not good. And if he said it wasn't good, then it wasn't good. And it wasn't good until she believed. And the moment she believed, guess what? In believing, she acted like Abraham. So when she acted like Abraham, she got what Abraham was promised and what the children of Abraham are promised. And no longer could he, he couldn't withhold that because she's acting like somebody he knows very well. Oh, there's Abraham. Okay, yeah, you can have whatever you want. That's exactly what happened here. Because outside of faith, she had no rights to it. But when she got into faith, she, had, she got into all the rights that the children get into. Just like that baby right there. That baby right there was chosen, so she got into all the rights of the family, of the Schwankel family. Right? Great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Interesting. Interesting. What seems to be an impenetrable Christ, that there's no way. It looks like she's up against the wall. And there's no way she's going to get her answer, except faith changed everything for this woman. That's why it's important that when we see a, a, a story like this, you know, we slow down and we think about this and we see what can I learn about my life from this? The characteristic of faith, and we'll see four things about this. Now, uh, uh, did I already tell you what those things were? No, I haven't. 
Because, you know, I, I, coming off of this series that we did on prayer, how many of you here today would like to see every prayer that you pray answered? Okay, six of you. All right. Maybe we need to teach on prayer again, get the rest of you praying. Or how many of you here today would like to, you have a need right now that you need met, actually, right now. You would like to see that done right now. Can I see a show of hands? You, would like, you need that done because we all have needs. We, everybody has needs. As long as we're in this body that is not fully redeemed, that has not been perfected yet, uh, then we're always going to have needs, Right? One of you, one part of you, your spirit is completely perfect, but then you're living in this body who's much less than perfect. As a matter of fact, this body's fighting everything that's of the spirit. It does not want to please God. It doesn't want to follow God. It doesn't want to share. It doesn't want to be nice. It doesn't want to talk right. It wants to please itself. It could care less if anybody else gets anything. It only wants you to get it something and benefit it. I know I'm talking to some people that understand this, right? You understand, right? Are you all beyond that? Are you all glorified here today? Already got your heavenly body? No, Paul even said, Paul, the, the great Christian, probably the greatest Christian that ever lived. I don't think that anybody could really dispute that. Uh, who said in Romans chapter 7, he said, I find this law. I find that, well, except for Heather. Heather's a pretty great Christian too. She's pretty. <laughs> I find this law. The evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. Now watch this. When I read Romans 7, I think, Paul, thank you for help, helping me because when you say what you're saying here, it's like you're right in my living room, right? Because he says, that which I hate, that's what I find myself doing. That which I do want to do, I find myself I'm not able to do it. And so it's this constant struggle, the flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. He said, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. My desire is right. According to the inner man, man, I love the things of God. My heart's saying, yeah, yeah, Jesus, holiness, righteousness, purity. But my flesh is going, nope, I'll have none of that. And then he said, who will deliver me from this body of death? <laughs> That's all this body seems to produce, and that's where this body's heading for. Just to encourage you today, the moment you were born, you were heading for a hole in the ground. God bless you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Paul called it the body of death. You, you, but see, here's the thing about it. This is, where our, this is where we need faith. When you get to heaven, you see Jesus as he is and all of his glory. You're not going to need faith. We need faith for now because... All we have is the sensual realm. All we have is the circumstances we're in. And we have to be able to see beyond that and experience things beyond that. And the way to do that is going to be by faith. Yeah. Amen. So we need to learn what are these characteristics of faith. What you, you know, because you all have a right as the children of God to live in this covenant. To experience the benefits of this covenant that we have through His grace. This is about how Jesus performed for us His finished work. And we're here to apprehend that and to, and to access that and to obtain it in this life. Because your faith in God is really your faith in Jesus. There is a, you know, that you can have faith in God and not have faith in Jesus. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them on the other side of the world that have faith in God, but they don't have faith in Jesus. They're actually killing people that have faith in Jesus. Thinking, thinking that they're fighting for a just cause. 
thinking that they're doing it for God. Paul was at one point that very same way. The same guy who wrote, by grace are you saved through faith, was the same guy who was trying to destroy that message at one point in his life. Trying to destroy it. He would have been, in his day, he, was, he would have been the Taliban or he would have been ISIS to the church. He was trying to take the church out. Anybody that spoke in the name of Jesus, he was like, get rid of them. He was dragging them out of their homes, men and women. He didn't care. Putting them in jail, making sure some people were stoned to death. He didn't care. He wanted this thing stopped because he had a noble and a righteous cause. This is for God until God met him on that road to Damascus. And a light shone from heaven, the scripture says, brighter than the noonday. This is at noonday, and this light outshone the sun's light. And, it, and he fell off of his beast of burden, off of his horse, and he heard Jesus say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? What an experience that must have been for him. What a, what a jarring, shocking moment to find out the God he thought he was fighting for, he was actually fighting against. Because everybody has, has to deal with the man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. All of us are going to have to deal with the man, Jesus Christ. Who said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Right. Through all these other avenues of religion, all men will go to God. All those roads will lead to God. That is the judgment seat. But only one road takes you to eternal life. Not a religious road where men build, 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 but where a road that God built to us in the person of the Lord Jesus. And Jesus said, this road will take you not to the judge, to the Father. Praise. Hallelujah. Praise. The behavior, faith knows God is merciful. Say that, faith knows God is merciful. Number two, faith recognizes Jesus' authority. Faith always agrees with the Word of God. And faith delivers the goods. She said, have mercy on me. Faith knows that God is merciful. You know, the Scripture teaches us to come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. I find that interesting because it's, when you're at the mercy of someone or you're asking for mercy, do you really do that boldly? You really do that boldly? When you want to ask for mercy, it's usually like, please forgive me, please. <laughs> That's kind of how we would, we would think we should approach. But when it comes to God, the most holy, just God, the most just being there ever was, he says, come boldly to get mercy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He knows things about us that, uh, he knows things that we don't know then, doesn't he? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And so it goes against the grain of what we instinctively know to do. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you need mercy today, come boldly before your Father. Don't come groveling, come boldly. I know everything within you is telling you, I don't deserve this. That's exactly when you need mercy. Mercy is you getting what you don't deserve. Because if you deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy, it'd be justice. <laughs> but he says, I'll give you mercy. Remember that. Faith knows that God is merciful. Knows that God is merciful. Now, we don't know if people are going to be merciful. But we can know this, that God is. His mercies are new every morning. 
The scripture says that uh, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures how long? And just as every new day, there's there's new mercies for every new day. When you got up, there were brand new mercies for you from God. Did you come boldly and receive them? Did you take hold of those mercies that he so freely and willingly gives you? I'm grateful to God that he's merciful. But man, it's it's a bit different. Man, it's a bit different. I was telling the early service, and I was 16 years old. I found myself standing before the juvenile court judge, having obtained three tickets in my first six or seven months of driving in a car that went zero to 60 in 42 seconds. So you <laughs> tell me how I, that worked. <laughs> two, or three, two of the three were speeding. One was for running a stop sign. But... My parents were out of town at that time, and so I had to face the judge all alone. Couldn't have my mom holding my hand or my dad helping plead my case. My dad said, son, you brought this on yourself. You'll go see the judge and stand on account of yourself and your actions. Yes, sir. So finally they called my name, and I walked forward standing before that judge, and he didn't make it any easier on me as he's pointing his finger, and he's just raking me over the coals talking about how dangerous I was being and how reckless and how, you know, given every, the worst kind of scenario out there and what ifs, you could have killed 50 people and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, I just want to get out of here. I just want to run right now. And, and finally when he gets done, he says, Mr. Harley, you give me one reason because three tickets, like, I'm supposed to revoke your license. You tell me one reason why I shouldn't take your license from you. Give me one reason. I said, I don't have any reasons. I'm just asking for mercy. And he said, if I see you again, I'm taking your license from you. Get out of here. I better not see you again. He didn't see me again, thank God. (laughs) Not to say there weren't other judges that saw me. (laughs) But I never saw that guy again. Grateful to God for that. You have an assurance with your Heavenly Father that He's merciful always, 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 always. There's no guesswork in it. He says, come boldly, and there you have it. Faith knows that God is merciful. So, next, this lady, she says, have mercy on me. Now watch. She says, son of David, O Lord, son of David. Isn't that interesting? Faith recognizes Jesus' authority. Faith recognizes Jesus' authority. She, got, she didn't call him, say, she didn't say Jesus, son of God. She didn't say Jesus uh, of heaven. She said Jesus, son of David. In other, in other words, she recognized his earthly authority here, right now, as a man standing on this earth, because men are the ones who have authority on this earth. Did you know that? Yeah, God thinks a lot more of you than you, than you probably really know. That's how he set up this system of the earth. He put man in charge of it. Haven't we done a wonderful job? Thank God that's not the end. Jesus will come back and establish his kingdom and show us how it's done right. He will make everything right. All things will be new. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for that. But for now, he's put it on us as the church to express his authority in the earth, to recognize his name is above every name. Amen. So she saw him, she says, son of David. In other words, the son of the great king, the one who God said, I will establish your throne forever. Amen. And even even at that greeting, you know, it's important that we all understand that that name and faith in that name is all you need to see 
His will done in the earth. Jesus said to pray this way, Your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. So when God became a man then, then He could exercise His authority as a man and get right into His system that He started at the very beginning, that men are to have dominion on the earth. And the Scripture says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil. God has given you authority. Jesus sold his own disciples. I give you, behold, I give you power. I give you power. I give you authority, I should say, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Faith recognizes Jesus' authority, that he is both the author and the finisher, and that means he's everything in between. He's, he's, he's Lord over all of it. Hallelujah. When, when you declare the name of Jesus, listen to me, when you declare his name over your situation, that is just like Jesus himself being right there in that moment. All right? Because his name carries his authority. And when you carry his name, you carry his authority in the earth. Amen. So you got to believe in the authority of that name. It's in that name that you're healed. It's in that name that you're delivered. It's in the name of Jesus that demons have to leave. It's in the name of Jesus that this circumstance has to change to the glory of God. That He is Lord. And everything about your life is affected by His Lordship and His reign and His rule in your life. Peter said it like this, Nor is there salvation in any any other. Nor, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Thirdly, she says, True, Lord. Jesus said, it's not right that I take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, true, Lord. Faith agrees with the Word of God. Faith agrees with the Word of God. I want to thank my dear friend David Garner for putting me through some torture yesterday. And I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's more torturing today or yesterday. But uh, we did uh, the 10-mile obstacle course called Tough Mudder out in Seagaville, Texas. I would say I highly recommend it, but give me a few days. (laughs) And it was a challenge. But I learned something about brotherhood in this deal that you can do a lot more when you got somebody with you in in your madness. You can go much further and accomplish more than you thought you could when you're in agreement with somebody, when you're going side by side. And and, and that was one of the things, knowing that he was with me, that helped me get through one of these obstacles that we came upon, which I was not, I didn't know really exactly what we were getting into until we were in it. And that is we had to belly crawl through some tear gas. And uh, I don't recommend that experience for any one of you. (laughs) I was thinking that, you know, climbing ropes and scaling walls and all that, that was difficult in and of itself and challenging, but when you can't breathe and you can't see all at once and your body's telling you you're the stupidest person on planet Earth for doing this, you have to get out of here right now, you have to breathe some normal air right now and panic's trying to set in and all you, all you can think is just keep going, keep going in your mind because as we were coming upon this box of hell, 
that I saw people leaving it. I saw people getting out of it, you know. So I, I'd already seen that as we were coming upon it. So as I'm in it, now all of a sudden I have to think beyond where I am right now because trying to guide my way through feeling here is not going to do very well. But I did remember that there is an exit here. I just got to keep heading toward that exit. I know there is an end. And David said the same thing. I mean, you hit that mental block like, oh my God, I don't know if I can make it through this. Yeah, you can because we already saw the end. See, the Word of God is the end product. It is the end result for your situation. That's why God has offered all of these promises so that you'll latch a hold of that and see, so you won't get caught up in this situation right, ha- right here and right now, this, this sickness, this sadness, this depression, this tough time, this dark thing which you, you can't see past, but you have the Word of God to hold on to that, you know, if I just keep believing and if I keep confessing what God has said, I will get there. Faith, 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 faith agrees with the Word of God. Despite all the stuff that you see and feel right now, you have to be fully convinced that what God has said is truer than what you're in right now. It's truer than what you're facing right now. Anybody believe that today? Can I have a a good shout, amen? Amen, hallelujah. It is. It agrees with the Word of God. And lastly, faith delivers the goods. Faith delivers the goods. I got a call yesterday evening from my friend Don Hexamer, who told me a most amazing story, and I've asked him to come and share this story with you today because it really, really, really goes well with this thought that faith delivers the goods. Can we give Don a big hand today? And his curly mustache. Thank you. A little nervous, though, but y'all are my family, right? Amen. All right, so my aunt gives me a 55 Chevy Stepside for a rat rod project that I want to do. And I convince a buddy of mine to go down to Gilmer, Texas, and pick this thing up on a trailer, and we haul it all the way back to Dallas. But before I leave, he handed me an envelope. And in that envelope was a letter declaring that this was mine, and it had the title in it. So we start heading back to Dallas, and we had a weak tire on the front on this thing, so we had to, like, stop somewhere to put air in it, and it was right before we got to my mom's house. Sorry. (laughs) Like I said, I'm a little nervous. And uh, put air in the tire, get it wheeled up in front of her house, wheel the thing off, everything's done, my buddy's fixing to leave, and I can't find the title. It's gone. So I think, all right, when I first hopped out of the truck, there might be around there, so my buddy takes off. I start searching around. I don't find it. Had to work the next day, and it was late, so I went to sleep, went into work, and on the way back home, I thought, well, we stopped at that one place to put air in the tire. Maybe it's there. So on my way in, I'm heading towards a quick trip, and Heather's words, that when you were telling the story about the contacts being missing, and uh, she said, well, did you pray about it? Well, that came in my head. I said, did you pray about it? And I said, well, no, I didn't pray about it, Lord. So right before I'm getting into the quick trip, I say out loud, I go, Lord, I think, no, I know you know where that title is, and I know you want me to have it, and I thank you for that, in Jesus' name, I pray, thank you, Lord. Get into the quick trip, there's two young girls parked by where the air compressor is, so I'm like, I'm not going to park next to them and freak them out while I'm looking around their car, so I go, (laughs) right, so I go down about two spaces and I pull in. And I'm getting out of the car, and I'm shutting the door, and as I'm turning my head, something fluttering, 
across the grassy knoll that's heading towards another parking lot of another establishment over there catches my eye. And I'm like, really? I run towards it. It's on the ground now on the concrete sliding. I put my foot down on it, and it's the title. This gets better. So I see another piece of paper fluttering. This is the title. And it is the letter that was wrapped around the title. And I pick it up. And I thank you, Lord. I put it all together, and I get home. And I'm thinking, this is a miracle, right? This is bona fide, undoubt in my mind that this is a miracle, and I wanted to share it with you. But it gets better. I was sitting down, and I was thinking about it. And I wasn't trying to be a doubting Thomas or anything, but I didn't have the envelope, right? And things started to come to me, and the revelation came to me was the envelope didn't matter. It failed its job. What mattered was that the word that this was mine was wrapped around the title. And it protected it. And I want you to see this. This thing's been run over, beaten up, and destroyed. The word of God is going to surround your life and protect you. He took those stripes for you to be healed and saved. And that was my revelation from the miracle that I witnessed. And I just wanted to share that with y'all. Sorry, one other little tidbit, <clears throat> and this wasn't lost on me either. When I got home, I put it in a brand new spanking envelope. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome, Don. How cool is that? Faith delivers the goods. Faith delivers the goods. It is the victory that overcomes the world. Listen to this in the Amplified Hebrews 11. One. I'll finish with this. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, for being, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. The behavior of faith is one that knows God is merciful. Faith recognizes Jesus' authority, that his name is above every name, and that's all you need, the name of Jesus. You want to pray through? Pray in the name of Jesus, and you'll be through. Faith always agrees with the Word of God, and faith delivers the goods. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this Word. Thank you, Lord, for, for the assurance that we have in our relationship with you, that truly you give us the victory so that, Lord, we can stand firm on your promises. You have ensured through the Lord Jesus Christ that all of your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that today. Lord, help us to be bold in declaring your promises. Help us to be bold in faith, God, to take on these characteristics, God, to believe that you're always merciful at all times for everyone who will simply come boldly before the throne of grace. Lord God, thank you that you help us all here today to understand the authority of the name of Jesus, the authority that he has and the authority that we have in him because as he is, so are we in this world. And Lord, that we'll always agree with the Word of God, not agree with our circumstance, not just spout out the facts as though they are, but Father God, that from our lips we will declare what God has said and hold on to your Word, Lord, until we see this last thought. 
faith will deliver the goods, Lord. It is the substance. It is the evidence, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the assurance that we have that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In the name of Jesus, bless all these under the sound of my voice, Father. I thank you. I pray for them as the Apostle Paul prayed continually for the churches, that grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for nothing missing and nothing broken in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for great peace. Thank you for the end of the rage and havoc of war. Thank you for a state of national tranquility in their lives. Thank you for the favor of God that surrounds them as with a shield. I declare today that this is a people who are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might and who flow in the grace of God, who stand in grace and who walk by faith. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.